Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Lucky Beard will be promoting ethical design at next week's Dublin Tech Summit and Adam Oberham from the company joins me now to discuss ethical design along with other emerging trends in web design. But Adam, Lucky Beard's journey actually started in South Africa. It did, yes, Carl. And I suppose the broader journey started a good few years back um, when we, we started um, a business called Echo Online um, back in 2000. Uh, one of the first uh, full-service digital agencies, um, you know, in, in South Africa and probably Africa. And uh, it, it's been an interesting journey since then, you know, from, from the early days of, of digital and technology and, and digital marketing. Um, and uh, I suppose we learned a lot along the way. Um, we, we were fortunate enough to, to uh, exit the business to WPP, a, a global media um, agency, in, in 2010. And I suppose we, we did the job on ourselves uh, that, that we do for our clients in terms of you know, trying to make ourselves contextual and relevant uh, into the future and, and, and create an offering that might be exciting for, for brands and businesses you know, that, that might want to work with us. Um, so, yes, it has been, it has been 20, 20 years or so in, in the digital and technology space. So talk to us about the initial years of Lucky Beard in South Africa and how you achieved growth in that particular market. Yeah, so in, in, in uh, 2014, 2015, um, you know, we set the business up and we said to ourselves, um, you know, there's, there's potentially two key areas that we believe are going to be of value to, to you know, to big brands and, and, and startups and, and financial services businesses um, and, and way broader into the future. And we believe that there's two strategic, uh, you know, areas of that. And the one is engaging with businesses, um, you know, at the most senior or exec level in terms of truly understanding who they are as a business um, you know, where they are today, how do they fit into their landscape locally, locally and globally, and what journey do they potentially need to go on to future-proof themselves and, and to create something, you know, that, that is exciting to their, their customers into the future. And the second is, is true product design. So once we've, you know, created this, this uh, roadmap and, and strategic uh, direction that, that we think we need to go in, how do we create and design products? and propositions that support that strategy. Um, and, and yes, we, we certainly did have a, a network um, you know, in the financial services and telco and healthcare space um, that helped us kickstart you know, the early days of Lucky Beard. And then you know, a business called Outurance, which is South Africa's largest short-term insurer, was one of our first key clients that, that, that really put us you know, on the map in terms of the new business. Now, Adam, you say that the tagline for your business is that you're built to help startups become brands and brands to become startups. Yeah, exactly. So I suppose um, for, for us, that really is about a mindset. It's a mindset within the business ourselves and everybody that works within the business. And it's a mindset that we try and instill in, in, the, in the businesses and brands that we work with. So whether we're working with an eight-year-old incumbent bank with legacy you know, systems, legacy technology, legacy thinking, um, or whether we're working with a true startup. It's about thinking about the customer of tomorrow and really designing our propositions of the future and designing our experiences and products to support that customer. And I think that the expectations of, of customers um, have changed significantly. And it's uh, businesses out of, out of category that are driving those expectations. So, you know, whether we think of a Deliveroo or a Revolut or um, an Airbnb, that really is the expectation that's being driven. How do we now craft our offering and craft our businesses, you know, in line with that expectation? Now, so as you say, the approach that you take to a client is you look at the strategy piece of the business first to see where they want to get to, and then you bolt the design piece on thereafter. 
to achieve that goal. So talk to me through the process that you bring your clients through to get there. Yeah, great. So I think, you know, for us, there's, there's a couple of critical steps. And the first just is really around uh, market intelligence and research. And that's all, all about, you know, looking around us and listening. So looking at, you know, who are the businesses in our space that we're competing with? Um, you know, yes, large, but more importantly, probably a lot of the niche players, the digital-only players and the challenger brands that are entering into sectors like financial services or insurance or telco, whatever it might be, um, and truly understanding um, what does that landscape look like locally and globally. And then having a look at out-of-category players that might have very niche executions in terms of onboarding or self-service. Um, you know, or, or cross-sell or whatever it might be in terms of the way that they're executing and where we might we be able to learn from them in terms of that benchmark or that best practice. Um, so that really is the starting point in terms of that, that market intelligence. Then looking inside the business, really putting a stake in the ground to say, where are we today? You know, how are we set up for success? And how do we potentially need to rethink the way that our business is currently being operated, whether it be from an organizational structure point of view, a culture point of view, um, a technology yeah, and, and, and underlying tech stack point of view, it's really about having a look internally. And then critically, it's about customer, and, that, and that's the listening part. That's about you know, talking to customers, talking to prospective or competitor customers to understand what is their perception or engagement um, with our current business and brand and products. And then, you know, super importantly, what are the needs and wants into the future? What do they need and want from a business um, you know, within the area that we operate. So that really is the starting point. And that leads us into then, you know, writing that strategy around a North Star, which is what we call it. So it's essentially that future state. Where do we want to be as a business in three, five, eight years' time? And, and really it's about defining that, that future state and getting the business behind, um, you know, and aligning to that, that North Star future state and then, you know, unpacking the, the roadmap to get there. And Adam, what are the principles of great design in 2021? So principles of great design, I think that, you know, for, for, for us, apart from um, not the obvious, but with regards to user experience and, and clean and simple and concise and repetitive design, I think, you know, we, we, we have a strong slant on, on ethical design. And I think that, um, you know, it's something that's probably going to become a lot more popular over the coming years in terms of saying, how do we not only, you know, design products and experience that, experiences that ultimately achieve the goals for our, for our customers in terms of Lucky Beard, but how do we truly, you know, design products um, that, that, that we feel that comfortable with putting into the world? We have a silly little mantra um, at Lucky Beard in terms of design is as though your mom is watching and, and your kids might use it. And I think that's just a guiding principle and almost an overarching commandment in terms of saying, how do we execute in a way that, you know, we, we, we feel comfortable putting, out, putting it out into the world? And as we look to the future of web design, of course, the massive disruption to web design over the years was the introduction of mobile and mobile first strategies that businesses deployed at the time. So what's next? What do you see as the next big disruptive technology that's going to impact how we use and how we design websites? Yeah, look, I think it's about, uh, you know, we, we permanently talk about the ecosystem. And I think it's an ecosystem of multiple platforms, uh, multiple products, multiple engagement points, and, and content, you know, forming a big part of that. And I think that, you know, as, a, as not a new, new, new piece of, uh, you know, technology or a platform, but I think voice is going gonna, is gonna to play a big part in that. And, and voice UX in terms of, you know, the way that we purchase products, the way that we, uh, we, we get served from a, from a customer service point of view, the way that we, you know, self-serve, I think voice is going to play a big part. But I think, you know, data, as we all know, 
is such a topical point at the moment. And I think it's going to be, you know, a case of how do I, um, you know, part with the data that I'm comfortable with parting with, and therefore how do I, you know, create or how do I have experiences created that are tailored and custom towards me and that I'm receiving the content, the experience, the product, the offer that is curated and that is right for me as an individual. And of course, with the emergence and growth in technologies such as Amazon Alexa, there's no doubt that voice is coming and it's coming fast. And what I'd like to find out, though, this morning from you in relation to the impact that voice is going to have on the website of businesses right across this county this morning. And secondly, how voice and the change to voice search is going to impact their rankings on Google as a result. Yeah, I mean, I think on that first point, you know, voice is is going to have a a really big impact in terms of, I suppose, the actual visual design and the experience of, of obviously, web and mobile shifting, you know, towards the device that's obviously, um, you know, accepting the the, the voice call. So I think it's going to be a case of, again, what we call opti channel, and it's about, you know, giving the the customer choice in terms of, you know, engaging, converting, serving – um, where I want to and when I want to. So I don't think, you know, you know web and, and mobile is going to disappear. I think the way that it's executed absolutely is going to shift in terms of, of giving that choice um, and, and allowing our customers to really you know, be able to, to engage on, on the platforms when and, and where they want to. Um, and and re- with regards to, you know, the, the shift in terms of, you know, how, do, how does that affect uh, the way that we approach our, our digital strategy, I think it's going to be a case of, planning, planning for it, you know, and executing when it makes sense for ourselves and when it makes sense, you know, for, for our customers. And of course, many businesses have seen the growth in the use of live chat on their own websites in recent years. And of course, people have become so comfortable with using video chat and WhatsApp or with Facebook or even with Zoom and Microsoft Teams in the last 12 months during the pandemic. Are we going to see a transition away from live text-based chat on websites to voice-based and video-based chat on websites going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're already seeing it in a big way with a lot of our clients. Um, so, you know, we, we, we work with uh, Investec uh, Bank out of our, our London office. We work with Irish Life, um, you know, out of, the, out of the Dublin office. And we're already seeing a big shift in terms of, you know, as you mentioned there, called the, the, the adoption of digital and, and the nature in which, um, you know, everybody is becoming very comfortable with engaging, um, you know, in, it's shifting very much towards, uh, you know, the video and the live chat environment. And I think that it just brings in, you know, into play um, that, that personal piece again, where it really, you know, has, has the individual, um, has the personal touch, um, has the ability to engage in a, in a totally different way compared to, you know, whether it be chatbot or, or automated chat. So I think we are really seeing that shift in a big way. I think it's going to almost become a, a, you know, a requirement and, and a given in the next couple of uh, months and years, absolutely. And if there's any business owners listening to this morning's show that are interested in redeveloping their current website and they're planning the content of it today, in terms of getting that mix between text and video content right on the site itself, what should they be aiming for? So I think, you know, when we look at uh, the mix and type of content, we, we always just look at this, uh, the content strategy in terms of what are the content pillars what are we trying to achieve as a business, you know, up front? Before we start thinking about what type of content to we design or execute on, what are the key pillars? You know, is it thought leadership? Um, you know, is it innovation? Whatever it might be, what are the topics and what are the key pillars? Then based on those strategic pillars, 
you know, what are the right channels to execute that content on? So, yes, it might sit on website, but it's also about disseminating that content into the areas where I might be engaging as an individual. So it's not only on the owned website. It's about pushing it you know, into social channels, into social platforms, um, you know, into, into other media channels. And then having a look at the content type. So, yes, uh, you know, from a podcast point of view, from a video point of view, from an editorial point of view, it's about where do I consume that type of content? When do I have the time to sit in front of my, you know, laptop and, and, and watch a full-length, you know, 20-minute video? Or is it snippet-based or is it podcast-based? Um, and that's where it's really going to be determined. How do we produce or reproduce content types that has the same theme but is executed in the right way for different channels for consumption. Because ultimately, the only aim with regards to content is to get our customers to consume it and to actually consume it in a way that they can recall it and it has meaning. And the only way that we do you know, really, really digest and, and create that recall is consuming it at the right time. So it's about that mix of having the right content types you know, on the right channels. And just on a related point, Adam, it was always said traditionally that content is king. But has that been trumped now by distribution? Um, I mean, I think it's going to be, again, a combination of the two. Content is king, but I think content is only in its infancy. I think that, you know, content is shifting towards storytelling. And I think that, you know, that's where a lot of the, you know, the new brands in particular, you know, the, the exciting and, and, and digital, you know, digital first brands that are, that are emerging, um, it's all about that story and it's all about the narrative. So, you know, brand has two massive components. It has the visual identity component and it has the narrative component. And I think that content is going to be shifting towards, you know, the, the, this, uh, this idea of content only being produced in, in certain areas as opposed to a story that is told through content that is consumed in different times of the day on different channels, you know, in different ways. So I think that narrative piece is going to be absolutely critical for building, you know, uh, you know, brands and businesses into the future. It's a very good point you make in relation to the power of storytelling. What brands do you most admire in relation to getting that right? So um, I would say that Airbnb is probably, you know, for, for us or for myself, one of, one of the greatest um, case studies in terms of, of storytelling and, and in terms of, um, you know, where they came from as a business and a brand. And we, we don't need to remind ourselves of obviously the success that Airbnb has had. But I think the way that they have built their brand, the way that they have been so concise and considered in the way that they, they put their brand out into the world, into every single geography and market, you know, around the globe. And they've done it in a way that is so understandable, so simple and resonates, you know, with, with, with any market. So, you know, Airbnb would certainly be on the top of my list. Over the past five years, we've been hearing a lot about augmented and virtual reality and the impacts that those technologies will have on e-commerce and website design and everything else. But they've been very slow coming to date. What's your outlook over the next number of years, Adam, in relation to those particular technologies and the disruption and impact they could potentially have? Yeah, I mean, as you said, they have been slow coming. I think it's a case of, you know, getting the technology to a point where, where it is usable, where it's scalable, where it's practical. And I think that's one of the key, key sort of uh, words within our business is, is practical. And I think that, you know, if I had to call out one, one, one particular vertical that is going to be hugely disrupted or um, is going to you know, benefit from, from augmented reality is going to be the, the education space. So we work, we, we work in, the, in the ed tech space with one or two businesses um, in South Africa and in Ireland. We work with the Institute of Banking. And I think that you know, augmented reality just presents such an incredible opportunity to make a difference. Um, you know, and again, to go back to that ethical design piece, 
you know, as opposed to um, putting AR in place, um, you know, for, for, for e-com or purchase um, purposes, putting it to use in, the, in, in education where you're creating immersive um, experiences with regards to whether it be, you know, soft form content, you know, uh, um, uh, or any content that obviously is going to be, you know, put into the world through, through uh, education platforms, through universities, um, you know, whatever it might be, I think that's going to be a very exciting space for, for education. And Adam, finally, it was recently announced that Lucky Beard is expanding its Irish operations with a 1.1 million euro investment. So on that basis, what are the future plans for the business? Yeah, cool. So um, we, we, we've been fortunate enough to, to work with some, some exciting brands locally, which has allowed us to, to expand the business. Um, so, you know, working with, uh, as mentioned, uh, Irish Life, 1TT, Macaulay Pharmacy Group and, and Institute of, Bank, of Banking as four of the key clients. And really that investment is going to be, um, you know, or a big part of it is going to be in, in hiring talent. And I think that, you know, it's, it's such an exciting time to be able to, you know, look at uh, individuals in terms of user experience design, user interface design, product design, um, strategy and, and the consultancy arm of the business. So we really are, you know, going on a big drive to to find some really special people, um, you know, that, that we can bring into the business. Um, so yeah, I think that you know we have two two little pillars that that we always have a look at, and one is one is exceptional, um, and and the other is, is the culture piece in terms of, you know, we 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 quite um, uh, stringent around the, the type of people that are in the business in terms of you know being accountable, being passionate, being dedicated, rolling the sleeves up, and really getting stuck into what we do. And at the same time, being exceptional in the area that they deliver on. And there and really is exceptional talent in the local market, and we're really looking forward to, to bolstering the team. So, yeah, we're currently sitting on, on 18, uh, 18 people. Uh, we're looking at probably bringing at least another 10 in over the next couple of months um, and hopefully, hopefully to grow beyond. Um, re- really, the plan is to, to service you know, as much of the European market as we can from, from the, the Dublin office. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Adam Oberham from Lucky Beard. And I'd like to thank Adam for sharing his insights with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.